Well, turn in your Bible, if you would please, to the book of 2 Thessalonians chapter number 1. 2 Thessalonians chapter number 1. In just a very few moments, I'm going to begin reading in verse number 1 of that chapter and be reading just four verses of Scripture that I simply could not get away from while seeking the Lord's will for the service tonight. I love your preacher. Just being around him encourages me to not only be a better preacher, but to be a better Christian. And I love preachers that uh, are real and consistent. And your preacher is real and consistent. I love him in the pulpit. He's one of my favorite Bible preachers, but I love him as much out of the pulpit. And I'm so thankful. I know you realize how blessed you are to have Brother Ricky Gravely as your pastor and his wife, Miss Nolita. We prayed for Miss Nolita today. We prayed for her before the service tonight. I want to encourage you to do so as well. Thank God for the man of God. And thank God for Bible Baptist Church. Thank you for your desire to not only impact your community and your state with the gospel, but literally the world as you support world evangelism. Through your missionaries, I know you support several Macedonia missionaries, and I know they would want me to convey their thanks to you. Thank you for partnering with them on a monthly basis so that others could hear the gospel. I appreciate the goodness of the Lord. Second Thessalonians chapter number one, and we'll begin reading tonight in verse number one in just a very few moments. Being around your pastor, I tell you, there's just something about it. When I'm around a pastor that has a vision for the church, that God has placed him in, I guess the pastor in me comes out and I want to preach to the church. I want to challenge the church and that's what I felt impressed of the Lord to do. The title of my message tonight is A Church Member to Thank God For. Someone has asked me on one occasion, can't I be saved and not be an active member of a local Bible-believing church? And of course, the answer to that ultimately would be yes. But it would sort of be like being a soldier without ever joining an army. It would sort of be like being a football player or a baseball player without ever joining a team. Friend, the more I read and study my Bible, the more I am absolutely positively convinced that it is God's perfect will for every born-again child of the living God to have their name on the active role of a local Bible-believing church. Every Christian needs a man to call pastor. Every Christian needs a church to call home. Every child of God needs the kind of fellowship, the spiritual food, and the kind of focus in their Christian lives that only comes from playing an active part in the ministry of a local Bible-believing church. And it is because of that I'm preaching on the thought again, a church member to thank God for. I think you'll discover throughout the course of the message tonight that not only should every born-again child of God be a member of a local Bible-believing church, but every child of God ought to strive to be the kind of church member that causes others to thank God for them. Let's study the Bible for just a few moments tonight, shall we? If you're able, would you please stand 
as we read the Word of God together. The book of 2 Thessalonians, chapter number 1 and verse number 1. The Bible says, Paul and Silvanus and Timotheus unto the church of the Thessalonians in God our Father and the Lord Jesus Christ. Grace be unto you and peace from God our Father and the Lord Jesus Christ. We are bound to thank God always for you, brethren, as it is meet, because that your faith groweth exceedingly and the charity of every one of you all toward each other aboundeth, so that we ourselves glory in you in the churches of God for your patience and faith in all your persecutions and tribulations that ye endure. Now, I want to encourage you, if you would please, to leave your Bibles open as all few points of the message tonight will be taken directly from the text that I've just been blessed to read within your hearing. Let's bow our heads, shall we, for a moment of prayer. Father, thank you for the Word of God, the Word of God that not only admonishes us to be a part of a local Bible-believing church, but the Word of God that teaches us how to be a church member that our pastor that our fellow brothers and sisters in Christ would thank God for. Lord, the answer to all of our lives' problems lies within the covers of this blessed old book that you've blessed me to preach this evening. Now, Father, I do not, I do not take that for granted. I thank you for my friend, Pastor Gravely, and what an honor it is to stand in his pulpit. And I want to be a blessing to him, his family, to these wonderful people here at the Bible Baptist Church, but most importantly, I want to be a blessing for you. Say through me what you'd have said tonight, nothing more, nothing less, and I'll give you glory and honor in Jesus' name I pray, amen. Thank you for standing. You can be seated. Well, let me once again call your attention, if I may, to verse number three of the chapter before us as this single verse of Scripture will be used as the key text of the message that God has laid on my heart for this Sunday evening service. The Apostle Paul, as he was led of the Holy Ghost of God to do so, writes here in the very first chapter of the book of 2 Thessalonians, verse number three, we are bound to thank God always for you, brethren, as it is me, because that your faith groweth exceedingly and the charity of every one of you all toward each other aboundeth. Now, if you'll notice here in this single verse of Scripture, there is a nine-word phrase that I'm trusting the Holy Ghost would get beyond our heads and find a lodging place in our hearts before we leave the house of God tonight. That nine-word phrase is simply this. We are bound to thank God always for you. Do you see that nine-word phrase in verse number three? Would you say amen? amen? We are bound to thank God always for you. Here, ladies and gentlemen, is a portion of the Scripture that teaches us beyond a shadow of a doubt that it is possible to be the kind of person, the kind of friend, the kind of Christian. It is possible to be the kind of church member that others would thank God for. In fact, as you begin to consider these verses of Scripture that I've just read within your hearing in depth, 
we'll discover that here the Apostle Paul not only declared in the text that he thanked God for the Thessalonian believers, but he declares in the text that he thanked God primarily for three very specific groups of Thessalonians as well. And therefore, I'm very, very interested tonight to know what those three groups of Christians at Thessalonica were. If Paul thanked God for them, and he certainly did, according to our key text this evening, then what was it about them that caused Paul to thank God for them? What was it about their lives that caused Paul, every time the Lord brought their name to remembrance, to throw up both hands toward heaven and say, thank God. In fact, let's address this question tonight, shall we? What kind of church member did Paul thank God for? Well, the answer to that question tonight is found here in the pages of the Word of God. First of all, I want you to know, number one, Paul thanked God for those growing up church members. Can I take the Bible and show you? That truth is clearly illustrated in our key text. Look at verse number three again. Do you see it here? Paul writes, we are bound to thank God always for you, brethren, as it is me, because, watch your Bible now, that your faith groweth exceedingly. And so the very first kind of church member that Paul thanked God for were those church members whose faith was growing exceedingly. Paul thanked God for those Christians within the ministry of the church of Thessalonica whose faith was growing. He thanked God for those spiritually maturing children of God at Thessalonica. In fact, again, if you'll notice verse number three, Paul specifically mentioned those Thessalonians whose faith Faith was growing exceedingly. Now consider this truth tonight, ladies and gentlemen. These Thessalonians' faith wasn't growing marginally. No, their faith, quite the contrary, was growing exceedingly. Do you know what that means? Let me tell you what that means. They were maturing in the things of the Lord. And since they were progressing in their walk with the Lord Jesus, since they were maturing in the things of the Lord... Every time the Holy Ghost brought their names to Paul's mind, Paul stopped what he was doing and said, thank God. Paul thanked God for those growing up church members. Paul thanked God for those church members uh, that since they were growing, since they were maturing in the things of the Lord, were much more interested in being a blessing to the church as opposed to, the, uh, to a burden of the church. Uh, they weren't nearly as interested in what the church could do for them as what they could do for the church. Since their faith was not only growing, but growing exceedingly, they were much more interested in helping the church than they were in hurting the church. They were much more interested in spreading the Lord's gospel than they were in spreading the latest gossip. Amen. The Bible says that their faith was growing exceedingly. They were making much of the Bible and therefore the Bible 
Bible was making much of them. They were making much of the prayer closet and therefore the prayer closet was making much of them. Since their faith was growing and not only growing but growing exceedingly, they were loving their fellow brothers and sisters in Christ as opposed to letting them have it. Amen? They were fervent in worship. They were faithful in the work of God as well as being a witness for the Lord Jesus Christ. They were determined to keep the main thing the main thing. They had refused to be distracted, discouraged, or detoured. They were bent and determined to keep the main thing the main thing. And if you're wondering how we know that, the answer's right here in our text. We know that they were interested in determined to keep the main thing the main thing and the main thing is reaching the world with the gospel because the Bible says that their faith was growing and it was not only just growing, it wasn't growing just marginally. The Bible says their faith was growing exceedingly. Let me make a statement tonight that may startle you. Christian growth isn't determined by how long a person has been saved. You know as well as I do, I know folks that have been saved 50 years and they're not as spiritually mature as some Christians that's only been saved for just a a few months or maybe even a year or so. Christian growth is not determined by how long a person has been saved. Just because you've been saved 50 years doesn't mean you're spiritually mature. I just feel impressed to the Lord to say it again. I'm being repetitive on purpose tonight. I believe there's some of us that need to hear it. Christian growth isn't determined by how long you've been saved. There are many people today in our churches across America, they are saved, but because of a lack of care or cultivation, spiritually speaking, within their Christian lives, they have never matured or grown in their walk with the Lord Jesus, much less like these Thessalonians whose, Paul, whose faith Paul declared has grown exceedingly. These Thessalonians, brother, they were maturing in the things of the Lord. After all, that's God's will for their lives. And I want you to know, child of God, you might not know everything about the perfect will of God for your life, but this is one thing that you and I alike can know. We ought to be further down the road with Jesus this very night than we were a year ago at this time. You'll never reach the point. I will never reach the point. Well, praise God, I arrived. I mean, I've been saved since I was eight years old. I'm 53 years old tonight. I never reached the point that I will arrive. And I want you to know you haven't reached the point that you have arrived. Every single one of us ought to grow. That's God's will for our lives. That's God's will for my life. And I want you to know God sent me here to tell you that that's God's will for your life. Spiritual growth isn't a casual comment. Spiritual growth is a clear command. 1 Peter chapter 2 and verse 2, as newborn babes desire the sincere milk of the word that ye may grow thereby. 2 Peter chapter 3 and verse 18, but grow in grace and in the knowledge of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. To him be glory both now and forever. Amen. 
Can I ask you, members of Bible Baptist Church, do you want to be the kind of church member that your pastor, that Miss Nolita, that the staff of this church and your fellow brothers and sisters in Christ would thank God for? Then grow up. Grow up. That's why we need the spiritual nourishment that only a daily intake of the Bible can give. That's why we need to pray. That's why we need to work at, to labor over, to make an investment in our Christian lives with the Lord Jesus. It's God's will for me to grow. Now that I've been saved, it's God's will for me to grow. The story's been told of a little girl whose mama tucked her into bed one night. And about two hours after her mama tucked her into bed, her mama heard her screaming from the end of her bedroom at the opposite end of the hall. So, of course, her being a loving mother ran to the room where her little girl was. And when she reached her little girl's bed, she discovered that her little girl had fallen out of the bed. She had fallen onto the floor. Of course, she immediately reached down and put her arms under her legs, picked her up and put her back on the bed. And she said, honey, what caused you to fall out of the bed? And the little girl responded and said, Mama, I guess I stayed too close to where I initially got in at. Now, you want to know why folks get out of church? They stay too close to where they initially got in at. Can I just say something to you tonight that your preacher is too nice to say? He wouldn't say this. But see, I'm leaving tonight after this service. I'm gone. So I'll say... What I guarantee you, he wants to be said, but he's too nice to say it. Grow up! 95% of the problems in a local, independent, fundamental, temperamental Baptist church would be solved if we just grow up. Grow up! Grow up! You want to do something for your church? You want your preacher to sleep a lot easier tonight? Grow up. Amen. Paul thanked God for those growing up Christians. Preacher, before I came to the platform tonight, I was sitting back there behind Brother Goolsby, and this young man right there, that fellow's holding him. He's, he's got that green sippy cup, you know. I looked over there at him, and our eyes met. And I started doing what I'd preach the paint off the wall against when I pastored. Don't you hate that? You're up there trying to preach your guts out and people making goo-goo eyes at babies. That choir was singing. Oh, they were blessing my soul. And then I looked over at him and his eyes met mine. And I couldn't help Brother Di made goo-goo eyes. I've preached against that mess for years. But he was so cute. How could you not make goo-goo? I, I mean, my soul, he was just so cute. Man, I, I'm going to go back there right now and pick him up and, and hug him. And so he smiled at me and I smiled back. And I look at him tonight and I say, oh, he's so cute. Man, he's so cuddly. I'd like to just pick him up and take him home with me tonight. But if I'm blessed to come back two years down the road yes, sir. and he's looking the same way acting the same way, we won't be saying, oh, how cute. You know what we'll do? 
We'll get with his daddy and we'll have a special time of prayer around him because something would be tremendously wrong. We need to get him to a doctor. We need to get him to what, what, what do you call that doctor that works on youngins' pedia? We need to get him to a youngins' doctor. I mean, if he is the same size, if he's acting the same way two years down the road, there will be something tremendously wrong. Well, I want you to know what is true physically is just as true spiritually. You and I both ought to be further down the road in our walk with the Lord Jesus tonight than we were a year ago. So God sent me here to tell you, if you want to be the kind of church member that others would thank God for, you can but not until you grow up. Grow up. I'll never forget, when I first got to Canaan, Baptist Church of Covington, Georgia, I hadn't been there a month. And there was a dear lady in the church. She had one of those members at the church. She had been there a long, long time. And it was her turn to sing a uh, special song the following Sunday. And so she came to me and she said, Pastor, would you please play a song for me to sing next Sunday? I said, yes, I certainly will. Be glad to. Let's meet over in the auditorium and we'll run over a song. So I sat down at the piano and she took out the song that she wanted to sing and she said, I was going to sing and she called another song. But Andrea sung that song last week. I thought she was kidding so I laughed, just like you laughed. She wasn't kidding. She has all been out of shape because somebody sung her song. You know what fixed her problem? Growing up. You know what I used to do? Oh, y'all gonna think I'm a terrible pastor. You wouldn't want me to ever be your pastor. Let me tell you what I used to do. Everybody, they never would say it outwardly, but come Christmas time, they'd always argue, who's gonna sing, oh, holy night? Now, we had this one elderly lady. She'd try to beat everybody singing, oh, holy night. Everybody wanted to sing, oh, holy night. So one year, I sung, oh, holy night. (laughs) I'll be honest with you. I wish I could tell you it was because the Holy Ghost led me to do it. It wouldn't. Now, I know you're so spiritual you wouldn't have said that. It wouldn't. I just wanted to show them they didn't own no holy night and neither do you, friend. Brother Gravely is singing old holy night this year. Not your song. Man, why don't you grow up? Grow up, grow up, go on. Listen, can I encourage you to do something? When you have family devotions, uh, maybe go through the book of Hebrews. Start at Hebrews chapter number one and verse number one. Go through the entire book of Hebrews. And every time you see this phrase, let us go on unto perfection. Boy, you ought to underline that word. Highlight that word. Circle it. Now, the Bible isn't speaking of sinless perfection. But when the Bible speaks of perfection there, you know what it's talking about? Spiritual maturity. Now, think about the book of Hebrews. The book of Hebrews was written to those who were Hebrew in blood but Christian in faith. But since they hadn't grown up, since they haven't 
reached a point of spiritual maturities in their walk with the Lord Jesus, there was a tremendous danger of them slipping back into the ritualistic practices of Judaism. And that's why from cover to cover, Hebrews, Hebrews chapter number one and verse number one, all the way to the final period in the book of Hebrews, you see that phrase. Do you know what God is saying? Man, why don't you grow up? Grow up! You wouldn't be having some of the problems you're having. You wouldn't be near as bitter and unforgiving. You'd let more go than what you've been letting go lately if you just grow up. The very first kind of church member that Paul thanked God for was those growing up church members. Secondly, Paul not only thanked God for those growing up church members, he thanked God for those getting along church members. He sure did. Look at verse three. Paul writes, we are bound to thank God always for you brethren as it is meet because that your faith groweth exceedingly and he's not through, watch your Bible, the charity of every one of you all toward each other abound. And so according to the Bible, the kind of church member that Paul thanked God for was not only those growing up church members. Brother, he thanked God for those getting along church members. Those church members that went the extra mile to promote unity and harmony and camaraderie at the house of God. In fact, here in our key text tonight, you and I actually witness right before our very eyes a direct answer to the Apostle Paul's prayers. Let me prove it to you. Turn back, if you would please, to the book of 1 Thessalonians chapter 3. 1 Thessalonians chapter 3 and notice verse number 9. Paul writes in 1 Thessalonians 3 and 9, For what thanks can we render to God again for you? For all the joy wherewith we joy for your sakes before our God. Night and day praying exceedingly that we might see your face and might perfect that which is lacking in your faith. Now God himself and our Father and our Lord Jesus direct our way unto you. And the Lord, watch your Bible now, and the Lord make you to increase and abound in love one toward another and toward all men, even as we do toward you. And so here in 1 Thessalonians chapter 3, we witness Paul praying that the Thessalonians' love would abound toward each other. And by the time the Holy Spirit led Paul to pen the book of 2 Thessalonians, that is exactly what had happened. Paul's prayers had been answered because by the time the Holy Spirit inspired the apostle to pen the book of 2 Thessalonians, you see Paul thanking the Lord. Thank you, Lord for those growing up church members down there at Thessalonica. But Lord, there's another group I want to thank you for as well. Thank you for those that get along. Thank you for those that are just determined to promote unity and harmony and blessing at the house of the Lord. 
And friend, do you want to know what kind of members that Bible Baptist Church need tonight? Well, let me assure you, it isn't those who find fault with every little thing. It isn't those who can't walk five by five whole rows in the auditorium without being mad at least at 10 different people. It certainly isn't those that walk around with a chip the size of this county on their shoulder. Oh, no, no, no. It's those getting along church members. It's those going the extra mile to promote harmony and fellowship down at the house of God. You remember what Paul prayed for the Philippian believers? Philippians chapter one and verse nine, Paul said, and this I pray that your love may abound yet more and more in knowledge and in all judgment. Isn't that amazing, Pastor Gravely? Out of all the things that Paul could have prayed for, he prayed that the church's love would abound. Lots of great preaching can and should be done there. Their love for the Savior, their love for the Scriptures, their love for the saints of God. Now, why did Paul pray that the church's love would abound? I'll tell you why. Because if love abounds for the Savior, for the Scriptures, for supplication, for the saints of God, if love like that abounds in the church, you mark her down. Every other thing about that church, every ministry, the finances, everything else will abound. Your desire to send the gospel around the world, everything else will abound in that church if love abounds in that church. Amen? I'll say this and I'll give you my last point. Five years ago, this past May, after pastoring 22 years, we put our name on the active roll of the People's Baptist Church of McDonough, Georgia. Dr. David McCoy is my pastor. And I love my pastor. I honor my pastor. There's not a week that goes by, not because he tells me I have to, but I do it because I want to. There's not a week that goes by that he doesn't know where I'm at, what I'm doing. I told him where I would be today. He asked me, he said, Brother Gravely's a good man, isn't he? And I said, oh, yeah, absolutely. He asked me about the service today. I love my preacher. But that night when I preached, the very first day that I joined the church, my preacher asked me if I would preach that night. And so I preached the message, and after I finished preaching that night, my pastor was sitting on the platform, and I turned to him. And in front of the whole congregation that night, I made my pastor a vow. I promised my preacher. I said, preacher, as long as you're in that book and God gives me breath in my lungs, I'll give you my word, number one, as a Christian, and number two, as a gentleman. You'll never lose a night's sleep over me. And then I turned to the church. I turned to the congregation. And I said to them, not a one of y'all better ever call me and talk about my preacher. Don't ever call me and start by saying, it has been brought to my attention. Whoa, right there, hold it. Don't ever, ever, ever talk to me and run my preacher down. Now, I've been there going on six years now. Do you know how many phone calls I've got? Do you know how... Many people have come up to me and they said, Hey, Brother Caudle, did you hear what Brother McCoy... You know how many has done that? Zero. Zero. That's the kind of church member that Bible Baptist Church needs. Amen. Amen. 
go the extra mile to promote unity. Let folks know where you stand. You're not going to talk to me about my church. You're not going to talk to me about the choir leader. Look, that, you know, we're here to promote unity right. and harmony. And we're going to be, I'm going to do my part in making sure that we're in one accord. You know, for 12 years that I served as a pastor of Canaan, every year that went by, they, they never forgot a birthday. They never forgot an anniversary. And every time they did something special to me, I would thank them. I would really go out of my way to try to thank them. And I would tell them, it's not just the gift. It's really not the gift. It's the fact that you even thought of us. And I appreciate that more than I could take it. And then I would say something like this. Now, do you want to really do something to help me? Do you want to do something to help me? And boy, they'd sit on the edge of their seats. Yes, preacher. What can we do? We want to help you. What can we do to help you? And this is what I'd tell them. Get along. Get along. That's right. You, you want to do something to help your pastor? It wouldn't cost you a dime. Get along, man. Love each other. Now, please don't misunderstand. If you've got a teacher that stands up and teaches out of an NIV next Sunday, follow the faith of your man of God and run him out of town on a rail. But promote harmony. Promote unity. I don't ever want to be a tool in the enemy's hands to cause discord at the house of God and discourage my man of God. Paul thanked God for those growing up church members. Paul thanked God for those getting along church members. And finally, if you look in verse number four, Paul thanked God for those going through church members. Let's look at verse number four. Verse 4, the text says, So that we ourselves glory in you in the churches of God for your patience and faith in all your persecutions and tribulations that ye endure. Let me encourage you to consider the context of Paul's writing this verse of Scripture. When you study these verses in depth, you'll discover that the church of the Thessalonians knew something about being persecuted for the cause of the Lord Jesus Christ. In verse 4 alone, Paul mentions persecutions. He mentions tribulations that the Christians at Thessalonica had endured for the cause of the Lord Jesus. They, unlike any of us in this building tonight, really knew what it was like to literally, physically, mentally, and certainly spiritually suffer for the cause of the Lord Jesus Christ. However, in spite of it all, brother, they didn't quit serving God. They didn't quit living for God. They didn't point their finger toward heaven and declare, Lord, you're not fair. No, sir. In spite of tribulation, in spite of persecution, they endured. Amen. And Christian friend, there is a lot to be said about that today. Because it's one thing to start well, brother, it's something else to finish well. And I've seen it happen so many times throughout the course of my years as a pastor. A one-time faithful Christian goes through a time of testing and trial. However, instead of getting in church, they allow the testing and the trial to get them out of church. Well, I want you to know, follow the example of these Thessalonians. Not them, brother. They were persecuted. They suffered tribulation. They knew what it was like to suffer in any number of ways for the cause of Christ. But they didn't quit. 
They didn't pout. They didn't pooch out their little lips and say, I'll never be back again. When it came time to get in the choir, they were in the choir. When it came time for the prayer room, brother, they were in the prayer room. They didn't get bitter, they got better. They stayed the course. They kept their noses to the grindstone. They determined to go through. They determined to go through. Proverbs chapter 24 and verse 16 says, for a just man falleth seven times and riseth up again. Can I ask you this in closing tonight? What are you going to do when you fall down? I'll tell you what the Bible teaches you to do. Get up. Preacher, you just don't know what they said. Just get up. Go on. Preacher, the pastor didn't ask me to sing the solo in the choir. There may be a reason for that. He didn't call on me to pray. Hey, let it go. Let it go. You just keep a good spirit. Keep your eyes on Jesus. When God thinks you're ready, I guarantee you he'll lay it on the man of God's heart. Keep your eyes on Jesus and go through. Go through. Now, I'm going to close the message tonight, Pastor Gravely, with my favorite spiritual poem. This poem is very spiritual and I would encourage you young men to learn it word for word because if you're anything like me, you'll have to quote it to yourself often. Here's my favorite spiritual poem to drive the point home. Here we go. Two frogs, I told you it was spiritual. Two frogs fell into a can of cream or so I've heard it told. The sides of the can were shiny and steep. The cream was deep and cold. Oh, what's the use, croaked number one. Tis fate, no helps around. Goodbye, my friends, goodbye, sad world. And weeping, the first frog drowned. But number two, of sterner stuff, dog paddled in surprise. The while he wiped his creamy face and dried his creamy eyes. I'll swim a while, at least he croaked, or her, oh so I've heard, he said. It really would not help the world if one more frog was dead. So he swam and kicked and swam and kicked. Not once did he stop to mutter, but he swam and kicked and swam and kicked and hopped out because the cream had turned to butter. So the moral of the story is this. Just keep kicking, man. Just keep going. Come next Sunday morning, if you sing in the choir, get in the choir. Come Wednesday night when it comes time for prayer meeting, get in your car, buckle your seatbelt. A preacher, I just don't feel, you just don't know what they, get in your car, buckle the seatbelt, and go to the house of God. Preacher, I just don't appreciate down there what Pastor Gravely, I mean, giving all that money away like that, I'll tell you what you do next Sunday morning. You keep tithing. Amen. Keep tithing. Amen. 
That's right. You're not going to give an account of how the money is spent here. There's one person and he's going to give an account. You do what you're faithful to do and God will take care of the rest. Oh, yes. My preacher took me out to lunch one time. He told me about a vision he had. He said, preacher, it's going to cost a million or so dollars. He said, I'd like to get your opinion. I said, if that's what you say, do, preacher, let's do it. I'll help as much as I can. Let's do it. I told my preacher, I said, according to this Bible, I'm to do one thing, follow your faith. Now, I did remind him, now, if you blow it, that's between you and God. But I'm not going to blow it on my end. You know what I'm going to do? I'm going to follow the faith of my preacher. Follow the faith of my preacher. So you know what I do? Every single month when the support comes in, whether it's $1,000 or $2,000, I take a tenth and we give more than that, but at least a tenth goes to People's Baptist Church of McDonald, Georgia. That's one reason why my preacher loves me. I'm never there to give an amount of trouble and I tithe and give to missions. He never sees me. But I do that because it's only right. I want to be a going through Christian. Now, what about you? You're going to get discouraged? You're going to let what somebody said about you detour you from being in the center of God's will? Oh, no, the center of God's will is much too precious for me to allow what somebody put on social media about me to keep me from doing what God called me to do. Go through, grow up, get along. And as you do those things, you'll slightly but ever so surely become the kind of church member that others would thank God for. You've listened so well. Would you bow your head with me, Father? Thank you for the word of God. Lord, I'm thankful that it's so plain. I'm thankful that it's so simple, so easy to understand. Lord, now you know my heart. I don't want, when a fellow brother or sister in Christ sees me in Walmart or out in town, I I don't want them to run six aisles away from where we are just to avoid me. No, Lord, every time that the name Scott Caudle goes across the lips of men, I, I want to be the kind of Christian that another Christian would say, thank God. Thank God for Brother Caudle. Lord, as I have preached tonight, my heart is particularly burdened for pastors all over this country that I'm blessed to preach for week after week after week. And I see preachers whose hearts are breaking. They've given their lives for that place that God has put them. And Lord, if those congregations aren't very careful, they'll take the blessings of God for granted. So Father, I pray that would never be the case here at Bible Baptist Church. I pray there'd be some Christians here that would determine, you know, I can't change what happened yesterday or last month or even last year. But from this moment forward, I can determine in my heart to be the kind of church member that my pastor would thank God for. I don't know, Father, maybe somebody needs to go to Pastor Gravely this very night, whisper in his ear, Preacher, from this moment on, you'll never lose a night's sleep over me. Lord, I pray there'd be some Christians here tonight that would determine to grow up, to get along, 
to go through. And if you will help us to that end, knowing and realizing that we are but dust, we surely would appreciate it. In Jesus' name. Our heads are bowed. Our eyes are closed. Some folks have already come to pray. Can I ask you this question tonight? I wonder how many folks here in this building tonight attend Bible Baptist Church on a regular basis. If you attend this church on a regular basis, would you slip your hand up tonight? That's the majority of people in this building. Now, if you just raised your hand, God sent me here to ask you this question. Do you want to be the kind of church member others would thank God for? Then you're going to have to be a growing up church member. You're going to have to be a getting along church member. And you're certainly going to have to be a going through church member. And if that's the case, let me assure you, you're going to need the help of God because your flesh doesn't want to grow up and your old flesh doesn't want to get along. In fact, quite the contrary. Your flesh is going to want to buck up and fight somebody. Your flesh isn't going to want to go through. It's going to want to quit. So you got to have the help of the Lord and the good, sweet Holy Spirit of God that gives us that unction to keep on going for the cause of Christ. So I wonder, as we stand to our feet all over this building tonight, how many of those of you that just slipped your hand up said, I attend Bible Baptist Church on a regular basis. I wonder how many would just like to come find a place in this altar and say by your coming tonight, Lord, I need your help. If I'm going to be a growing up Christian, if I'm going to be a getting along Christian, Lord, I can't do it without you. So I wonder if you'd just slip out from where you're standing right now and join me in this altar in praying that God would give us that in our lives that we need. Maybe some of you need to come and make a brand new commitment. Maybe the enemy's trying to persuade you, you know what, they don't really need you in that choir anymore. Look at all those people they got up there. Boy, it'd be a good night to make a brand new commitment. Maybe you know as well as I do, you're not as far down the road in your spiritual walk with Jesus as you should be. Maybe you need to make a brand new commitment tonight to your daily Bible reading, daily prayer time. Maybe you need to ask the Lord to give you that that you need so that you too can be the kind of church member others would thank God.